think I gained something like 60 pounds in like eight weeks. It was wow. How'd you look? Crazy. How'd you look? I look good, man. I look good. Yeah, you looked incredible. Yeah, I I stayed pretty lean. It was it was insane, man. So and and I I guess just you know it was a it was just sort of a perfect storm. I I had been big before in my twenties. And I got super depleted, and there was just some sort of super compensation that happened afterwards. And you leverage the carbs, the insulin, and then you just just fill back up. It was his diets that were very low fat, very high carbohydrates, sort of moderate protein. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 a different approach, a, a carb cycling approach. But I, I just it just blew up. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with coaches Skip Hill, Andrew Berry. I'm Scott McNally, and we are joined by Paul Barnett. What's up, Paul? How's it going, man? Good to have you here. What's going on, guys? All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You could use our code THINK for additional savings. High-quality third-party tested supplements from a company that you can trust. Thank you to everybody who's helping to support our programming through Patreon. As a matter of fact, we have a slew of Patreon questions. I put out a thread I said, hey, guys, uh, post up any questions for any of the shows you want. And literally, like, four out of five of them were from uh, Patreon or for this show from Patreon. So we got a bunch of stuff to cover. Um, of course, we're brought to you by uh, SupplementSource.ca for our Canadians and uh, Strom Sports Nutrition for our people in the UK. So let's dive into this thing. Um, we got a question on the previous episode regarding your huge transformation paul that you uh, you gained like freaking 50 pounds in a relatively short period of time i would love for you to to start out by telling us that story and then we'd love to dig into that and figure out how did this happen because everybody who's listening right now is like man i want to do that too (laughs) i was I weighed in 52 pounds heavier at my 2022 show than my 2021 show. So I think the key is to severely over diet and use way too much T3. So that that was <laughs> like lower the bar well, first. The door. <laughs> Just so because we're talking too much T3. What, was... what what kind of amount are we talking about, Paul? 100 micrograms. Okay. Okay. That's a lot. Okay. That's good. That's I mean, a hefty dose. It's, it's but I, I was expecting him to say something like 200 or something. So I know. That's um, kind of what still, I That's definitely too much. Yeah. yeah when he hit no, two. No, Justin <laughs> Harris is my coach. And he was talking about, he said he'd never seen anybody's metabolism run away the way I did. Literally, he was having me do unlimited high days. And I just kept, <laughs> I was losing like, I was doing, I was losing like seven, eight pounds a week at the end. It was insane. Holy crap! Yeah, it's like it was, a ball rolling downhill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. And I was just a furnace. I remember I was sweating all the time. It was crazy, man. It wasn't like anything insane with the uh, with the clenbuterol or anything either. I think 100 micrograms of clenbuterol, and then it was just doing an ECY stack. It's just I have a. Once my metabolism starts cooking, it just gets really, really fast. And so this past year, we didn't use any T3. And we went lighter on the uh, we went lighter on the other fat burners, and then like the high days, I was doing fifteen hundred grams of carbs on my high days um, to keep things balanced out. But I, I had a really really strong rebound. Some some of it's a little bit deceiving. So it's you know, so I'm gonna reverse back. I in the in my twenties, I got pretty big, 
I worked with Dante Trudell. Skip will remember that. Uh, but uh, Dante trained me from like 2002 to 2005. And I think I got up to like 280, 290. And then I didn't lift weights for a decade. No kidding. Just took yeah, just completely what took made off. you stop, Paul? Why did I stop? What, what made, uh, I got married. Yeah, what made you stop for that? <laughs> I got married, had a couple kids. Uh, injuries, I just kept getting hurt was part of it, too. I, I really screwed my back up really bad, um, uh, deadlifting. And then I blew out my ACL. It's just like I had this year where, where I had all these. I blew out my UCL and my elbow. Uh, it was just like just back to back to back injury, and I'm like, man, maybe I'm not made for this. I had a kid, and then started a business, and it just like, you know what? Fuck this, I'm out of here. And I I stopped lifting. I did jujitsu, and just didn't lift for for about a decade. And I I lost weight, and got fatter at the same time, which is kind of a a, a cool thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I lost sixty pounds, and you know, my body fat went up fifteen percent at the same time. It was, you know, really, really nice. And you grew tits and all, all, all that good stuff. And you had so kids, I got divorced. Though, you always at, blame the kids on that. <laughs> yeah, that was my. I always that, that was. But I, uh, I, um, I got divorced around forty-two, and I kind of got back into the gym then, and I just set a nebulous goal of getting back into competing. So. Um, that's, that's what I did. I started 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 competing again. But after that show, I had a crazy rebound, just an insane rebound. Ju- Justin, that's sort of Justin Justin's thing is he he has this 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 superpower of being able to rebound people and put all this size on. He's it, it, um, um, he did it with Ben Pollock. He's done it with uh, David Lamartina. There's been several guys that he's he's done it. Like so, I I and what Justin does, I don't know if you're familiar with how he he does it coming out of a show but there is no reverse diet he hits the ground running with with the food just pushes the food hard right out of a right out of a show i mean it's it's just you know we were doing 1200 gram <laughs> carb days we were pushing insulin um you keep the gear going you drop all the orals you drop all of the um drop all the fat well taper off the fat burners so we taper off the fat burners and i think i gained something like 60 pounds in like eight weeks it was wow! How'd you it look? Was crazy! How'd you look? I look good, man. I look good. Yeah, you looked incredible. And, yeah, I I stayed pretty lean. It was it was insane, man. So and and I, I guess just you know it was a it was just sort of a perfect storm. I I, I had been big before in my twenties, and I got super depleted, and there was just a, some sort of super compensation that happened afterwards, and you leverage the carbs the insulin and then you just just fill back up it was his diets that were very low fat very high carbohydrates sort of moderate protein yeah um and it's 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 a different approach at a, a carb cycling approach but i i just it just blew up it was it was crazy the majority of the way that gained was in that eight week period yeah i I'm just curious when when you went into the prep for the first show what like how much weight did you lose for that first show? I mean, was it a substantial amount of weight? Yeah, I was like seventy pounds, man. Okay, okay. And I figured so. I'm, it leads me to my second question, and I'm wondering your perspective on going into that show was, and I'm I'm assuming, so correct me if I'm wrong, but did you go into that show more more or less like I just want to get absolutely shredded like that is my number one priority and then 
Because I'm thinking that maybe, and again, I'm guessing, but maybe because you're older like me, that you got lean and, and you you have like one area, maybe your hips or your glutes or something that you're like, I'm not getting on stage until I'm shredded everywhere or something to that. Now I understand that the ball was rolling downhill and you lost, you know, more weight. Like you were picking up speed and trying to keep weight from falling there at the end. But was it this just shredded at all costs type of mentality? If it is, I can relate. I just wonder what, what your perspective was. Um, I don't, I mean, I just sort of followed the plan Justin laid out for me. I, I, I was locked in, and Justin really likes to push people. Um, I, I'll be honest, Skip, you, you secretly motivated me. I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, there was a, I posted something on Facebook about people not being able to be trusted with peanut butter, and you were like, Paul, have you ever been shredded in your life? I'm like, every day I thought, I'm going to show this motherfucker. I'm getting, Ooh, I'm no getting shredded. <laughs> So you're the reason, did, Skip. Did I say it yeah. being a dick? It sounds kind of dicky. <laughs> Damn. Sometimes all it I, takes is just someone that you kind of know or someone that you know out there, maybe you respect them, maybe you don't, saying something like that. And Yeah, like, I can relate to that. Mother, I'm going to that mother, you know, one way or another. Yeah, I can I relate know, to I mean, that. It's any consolation. I don't know if it's any consolation, but really – your your conditioning was absolutely fucking insane and the rebound coming off of that and that's really what i think everybody is you know even more interested in is how that can happen because i mean i've said before that yeah he probably was over dieted and then coming out of course that insulin sensitivity and and responding like now clearly you responded better than <laughs> you know, 99% of the population. In fact, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I reached out to you at maybe five or six weeks after the show because I saw a picture. I'm like, like, holy shit, he, this is legit gains. Like, his condition is great. But I was concerned just about the rapid weight gain. And I think I said something like, just be careful with the amount of weight that you're gaining so quickly but i have this way of coming off like a dick so if i did i certainly <laughs> didn't mean it negatively i was no, just no, genuinely no, no. concerned because it I was thick skin. so much <laughs> <laughs> no i have thick skin dante told me the same thing too i i talked to dante here oh. periodically he was just, he was just like be careful man and um you know i yeah i mean it, i definitely had the cankles <laughs> after all that you know, so but I never really got that watery. That was the weird thing, man. Like, it, like you, you see these people that come out and just eat like assholes, and then they blow up with a bunch of water and end up in congestive yeah. heart failure and all sorts of crazy crap after a show. But it it just it was just like the perfect storm. It was the it was the weirdest thing, man. I was forty seven, going on forty eight years old, and had the best wow. gains of my life. That's which incredible. Makes zero sense. And it's incredible. I'll, I'll tell you what was what was even wilder and people probably won't believe me and say i'm a liar the only thing i was running was 500 tests and 300 mpp that was it and some gh oh, yeah, the and comments are blowing up right now. fake natty <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly oh god never yeah tell the truth. Know, yeah yeah it was just a very moderate amount of stuff um but I, it was some combination of all the i, I think it was just as fact that i had been somewhat bigger before and then and then there was some sort of super compensation that happened with everything just a perfect storm in the key too i did I, not have the same results this year okay <laughs> now, I, and i think something that's interesting because you had mentioned justin is not afraid 
to really dive in and push. And we've all said it, like, and I, I know that Ron and Dusty have said it that 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 you we all need to push hard at least once to see what we're really capable of to get that you know what could end up being a really sloppy off season we have to really see what we're capable of justin's not wasn't afraid to do that and i know the case is the same with ben ben pollock in talking to him i mean i think he had another perfect storm where he was in a situation where he always had a weight cap he couldn't get any bigger with powerlifting, and the and the dude is incredibly strong like ridiculously mm-hmm. one of the strongest human beings i've ever known in my life and add that to incredible amounts of food and any supplementation he was on it makes sense that all of a sudden he could take off but it all comes back to to having had made that decision to push the food in you know what i mean it's like it 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 it, it could have i could have seen it maybe not have happened if you were to say because like there's a lot of talk of reverse dieting nowadays and that you need to be yeah. really careful and any you know i think all four of us would agree that in some situations a lot of situations a reverse diet is going to be necessary for somebody where they're going to want to be more cautious. I just want to point out that that doesn't mean it always needs to happen because you could have a situation like this or a situation like Ben Pollock as well. And you yeah, wouldn't know otherwise. Defense, he was a lot leaner than most people get on stage. I mean, that level of leanness was that's that's freaking lean and a lot of people don't get anywhere near that level of conditioning so for paul to come out of that as insulin sensitive and have that room to be able to super compensate i mean i'm not i'm not shocked but i'm shocked by the amount of weight the disparity between you know what he weighed at the one show versus the other that's that's incredibly impressive but i'm also not surprised because he was so lean had he not been that lean had he been just average condition on stage then it would be a little bit more shocking to me that's just me personally yeah no my point though skip is just that i think sometimes people hear a podcast and then they think that there's a rule like you must do things this certain way i think it's a great example of something that really worked out for somebody that didn't you know do we have time to touch on some insulin dosing or no yeah, I could. Talk I'm just curious, like what a typical day would look like. You know, like are, are you talking about in you know a lot of frequent dosing? Are you talking about bolus for high carb days? Are you talking about you know, uh, you know, Lantus versus hitting it every meal with a fast acting, uh, you know, insulin? Can are you okay with touching on that? Yeah, yeah, I talk about everything. Everything's on the table. Uh, yeah, so I, the protocol was uh, running 25 units of Lantus every day. And then on the high days only, uh, it's you stack in uh, human log on uh, every other meal. So it's usually about one unit per 20 grams of carbs every other meal on the high day on top of the Lantus is what, what, what I did. Okay. So nice. it's pretty straightforward. So you're, you're hitting it hard on the high days. And on the high days, the way the high day meal structure is you're as close to zero fat as you possibly can get. You keep all the car keep keep the carbs high. Uh, all your meat, essentially like my protein sources are cod and chicken breast on those days, and then it's just rice. And half of those carbs are coming from sugar sources. So a lot of times it'll be like things like uh, Gatorade or or uh, gummy bears or breakfast cereal, something something almost zero fat. So there's no way. I mean, if you do the math on it. Uh, 
you know, fifteen hundred grams of carbs. What is that? Thirty cups of rice. You, there's no way you can eat that yeah. much rice in a day. Yeah, no. yeah. So unless you're Dave Crossland, it's the only way. <laughs> well, I want to touch on um, your digestion in general because it sounds like you're eating a ton of food even now. And typically, what I've experienced for myself and with you know clients that are forty, thirty-five plus digestion just kind of slows down your appetite slows down what are you doing to keep your appetite going my appetite sucks right now i'll be honest really with you, man i'm getting yeah i'm getting ready to start prep here soon because i'm going to do the masters usas but um yeah i mean I, it's a struggle get the food down right now I'm, of course i've been on an off season going on 10 months eight months this is the longest off season like last year usually Kind of Justin's way of doing things is uh, you do the 16-week prep, an eight-week re- rebound, then you cruise for six to eight weeks, and then another 16-week push, and then you go back into prep. So you're really only hammering the food for, you know, what, 24 weeks, something like that. So it's only about half the year, so your appetite kind of gets back under control. But once I pass that 20-week that mark, it's just it's just a battle getting the food down now. And my weight's been stuck, although I, I don't know if you saw it, I posted on Instagram, but I did, I'm did. i right around 280 right now, and my, I looked, I didn't think I was making any progress, but I'm way leaner at 280 than I was at 280 last year, that's where I peaked out in my offseason last year, so it's, it's and Justin, he's just a wizard, man, he, he told me, he's like, don't expect a lot of additional weight this year, but see, you, you'll you'll be leaner at that same weight, is what I what I think will happen. And that's exactly what happened. What's the yeah, training? It, what's the training like now compared to the DC you used to do? I I just can't do the. I, I mean, I love Dante. I just can't do the. He'll probably he'll 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 disagree with me on this, but I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. It, I just my my joints can't take it. I do I do a. Uh, I do a renaissance periodization style program. I don't know if you're familiar with Mike Isertel's stuff. I've been running that for the last three years. Okay. So, what do you like about it's it? It's high, vo- high Well, high volume, high frequency. It's sort of counterintuitive. Nothing to failure. I don't do anything to failure. It's really just a lot of sets, a lot of volume. And it's a per- it, rather than I don't follow his program exactly, but it's similar it's you're progressing volume versus weight so you'll take a five or six week block um where you're progressively adding volume and then you finish that block up and you'll probably add more weight and then do 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 it over again with the same weight so it's still progressive overload but you're progressing volume more so than you are the weight okay and then how many times oh go ahead I mostly do machines and dumbbells anymore. I don't do any barbell movements or con- heavy compound movements anymore. Okay, I haven't in years. And what kind of like what I are the at my age? What are the like the rep ranges you use nowadays? Uh, for for my like let's say for pressing movements, it's something in the ten to twelve rep range. For isolation movements, more like fifteen to twenty in that rep range. It's a way of you know I found that in the lower rep range, it just was tearing up my joints and I my. I, you know, if I'm going to keep training past 50, I have to be mindful of I, – I can't be slinging around heavy weights anymore. I just can't do it. That's what, I was kind of, that's what I was kind of getting at because I feel like at some point we have to change something. I feel like it sounds like what you're telling me, what, what you're doing 
is a style of training that you could continue doing long term. It's not like, oh shit, man, he's eventually gonna he's gonna be out of the game. You know, there's gonna be a hamstring tear or something. You know, God forbid. Of course, I mean, it could always happen, but. I mean, I'm still moving some weight around. I mean, we just, you know, we, we were, I was doing 15, 20 reps with six plates aside on the hack squat. So it's not like, you know, it's yeah. not like it's, you know, I'm bang, banging out small weights, but, you know, okay. and I, uh, you know, on the Smith machine incline, I can still get 15, 20 reps with 315. So it's, you know, it's not like, it's not like it's super lightweight, but it's not the crap I was doing before in the five to eight rep range. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and these are all um, sub-max sets. Like, you're not, yeah. you're not going to complete failure. It's something no, I really got to dive into a little bit more. And I think all – because I think, you know, Scott and Skip, I think we collectively – really do try to preach failure training, you know, given everything you got in the gym. And I, and as someone that's still a student of the game, I feel like I need to look into this reps and reserve stuff a little bit more and give it more of a serious um, thought. Have you read Mike's book? It's the scientific principles of hypertrophy. I have not, but I'm going to, I would, I would check it out. It, it, I, you know, I, I had what essentially what it was is just, I kept getting these, I kept, tearing muscles and having injuries and just couldn't train man it was like i'd push hard for a couple of weeks and then i'd have to back off and i wasn't making any progress hmm. i'm like i gotta re- i gotta do something i gotta i gotta change the way i'm training and i stumbled into mike's book and i read through it and i'm like all right i'm gonna give this a try and i i put a program together and i had you know it's i it's another thing too so i think the high volume also pairs well with the high carbohydrates and the insulin Ah, yeah, that, so, that, that's true. That makes sense. You know, so that's that's another aspect of it too. I think that's um, you know, Ju- Justin. I know he's more of an advocate of more of a, a, a probably a hit style of of training. He doesn't he he doesn't understand how I train. <laughs> so that makes no sense. <laughs> I I feel more confident in you doing this though because of where you've come from. You've done DC you know what failure means. So Scott and I were, Scott Stevenson and I were just talking about this recently that, you know, like it, it for having taken training where you've been, like if you, if let's say this, let's say that you're just like doing your thing and let's say you're doing reps in reserve, you've never done anything else, right? And then you go for two years and you train with somebody who was really intense. You know, you go train with Jordan Peters for a year and then you're like, okay, that was really great, but I'm gonna go back to reps in reserve your definition of two reps in reserve is probably going to be different than the guy who never trained with Jordan. And so yeah. with you having pushed so hard, I feel like that that to me is a foundation where I can, there was a time that I felt like, yeah, I don't like this idea of reps in reserve. Now I do with the caveat that you have to know what failure means first. And I know that you get that. You got to 280 doing DC training. There's no question. You know what failure means. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I'm pretty sure my two reps in reserve for most people is failure. Yeah, what they would consider failure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, watch, I'd love watch, to see that. Another, I'd love to see your sets. Another, you know, watching other people train in the gym. <laughs> I, I'm looking around, and there's not many people that train hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think I'll tell you what, though, that says something. That says something about recovery, though, because I don't want to get off on a tangent here. But you know, this this next generation. Uh, doesn't seem to have the injuries and seems to grow arguably better than we did when we were training harder and they don't train as hard. 
I I understand that the next generation is almost always physically or genetically superior, but there's something different going on, and I have to wonder. This goes back to what Andrew was saying about the reps and reserve. I had to look at it closer too because I'm thinking these these kids. I call them kids because I'm old. Are not training as hard as the old heads, and even at our age, or when we were that age, training hard. I don't know that the majority of us were making the gains and the progress as quickly as they are now either. And I don't want to give them credit for not training as hard, but damn, if well, they got something here's going. Here's the thing, Skip. All, the every, every kid in the gym is taking steroids today. So there's yeah. that. Every every 19-year-old, 20-year-old yeah. 20 kid, 20 kid, is well, they're just on TRT plus, 400 tests and 600 primo. But and I, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, and there's plenty of guys that are that. training hard. I know a lot of people that still – you know, still are hammering it. Guys that are going to be in their 40s wishing they didn't do what they did. You know what I mean? There's, like like I mentioned, Jordan. There's everybody who's training following guys like Jordan. Everybody in the UK, you know, all the, the big guys the at least. to the rule, kind of? I don't know. I just, I, I, going back, that, I, I just think it's kind of the exception of the rule, but maybe not. Maybe it's just who I, I surround myself hearing, with. Hearing yeah. from someone that was a DC disciple for a number of years, followed the program religiously, got everything they could out of it, hearing their mm-hmm. take on moving to a different style of training program and progressing from it and still yes. training very hard, that lends a lot more credibility to yes. me than someone who came to sure. me saying, oh, I never did DC, I never did high intensity, I just, I've always just done Renaissance periodization or I've done a John Meadows program or whatever it might be. Knowing that he's been, that Paul has been in that camp for a long time and opened his mind up, has, it, it, it's, it's actually refreshing to hear because, you know, as, as coaches and, and whatnot, athletes, we kind of get stuck in our ways for things that we think work. And it just reminds us, it reminds me that there's still plenty to learn, there's still plenty of ways to look at, at different variables to control. And I'll have my young guys, I'll be honest with you, like sometimes my young guys, I'll have them train more of a hit style of training. I'll give them more of a power building. I, I, I think like, you know, if you're in your early 20s, your joints are healthy, that they building that base up of power and strength um, is is important. It, I mean, it, it, there's a big difference between taking 225 on the bench to failure or pass failure than, than 405. You know the the risk the risk to reward ratio goes way 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 up, and that's sort of the idea with the with the RP style program is you make up for it with what you pull back in intensity you make up for in volume. So I mean I I'm training everything twice a week, and that's another sort of tenet of it. It's push pull legs twice a week. If you keep a little bit in t- in the tank, you can train with more frequency and more volume. And potentially leverage more growth out of it that way. I also think, though, it pairs well with 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 the insulin protocols in the in the high carbohydrate diet. So there is that part of it. So I don't know how much of it is sarcoplasmic growth versus actual myofibril growth. I think that heavy, high intensity training is going to give you more of the of the my, myofibril growth. Just real tissue than what you would get out of something like this. But both of it on stage, nobody's nobody's taking a you know taking a, a, biopsy. a biopsy of your muscle to see to see what 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 the tissue is it's just what you look like on stage Plus, nobody cares how much you bench i from what i understand i think there's only so much like sarcoplasmic plasmic room it's not like a, a continue you're not going to continue to to 
to expand that. So if you get to a certain size and keep growing, I feel like at a certain point, it's got to be more than just, you know, fluid. Well, it's it's four, it's four to one. I mean, when you look at it, uh, muscle tissue, you know, you know I, I could be a little off on this, but it, from what I recall that the actual protein structures of muscle is about 25% of the actual tissue itself. So when you look at it, you know, <laughs> Three quarters of it is actually actually uh, the the other stuff other than protein structures. Yes, yeah. I guess I mean like your ability to expand the sarcoplasmic spaces. Yeah, right. You right. know, you there's a limitation to that. So it. like you're growing muscle. I'm sure of it. You know, if you're if you're continuing yeah, you to expand. If you have a balloon and you fill it up, there's only so far you can fill it up, and then you have to have more structures. That's yes. Sort of the way I look at the muscle. Right? Yeah. You know. So you need both. You need both. So, but I, 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 you know, I, for me, I think your lifting needs to evolve as you age if you want to continue to lift. I, the, I look at it. The guys that are the high intensity guys generally don't last much past forty. Right. When you look at it. Yeah. They just don't. And if they do, they look beat up. Yeah. They got tears. They got their shape goes to shit. It, I completely agree with you. <laughs> I've even seen like Dusty is evolving. He's learned about high reps now. So like his leg days are like 30 rep sets now, which he wouldn't have, you know, he hasn't wow. figured that out on back yet, but he will. I trust he will, you know, with time. <laughs> yeah. And I talked to Dante about this and I mean, Dante's perspective is, it's just, you can still do it. You just change your rep range. You find yes. a rep range that's safer and you work within yeah. that rep range. I still find the mindsets a little different, you know, because yeah. I, I think the DC program is incredible when you're younger. Like you said, Paul, when your joints are healthy, yeah. the idea of an injury doesn't even cross into your mind until <laughs> later on when you actually have one. Like yeah. I remember just stacking plates and just knowing I was going to beat my logbook by five pounds or one more yep. rep every single week for like 70 weeks straight in a row, you know, other than deloads. And, you know, we know that now that's just not going to happen. Right. And if we tried mm -hmm. to do that now, you'd, you'd end up with sore elbows, probably a torn hamstring, probably um, possibly a torn pec. I mean, it, it's just a different mindset. I mean, I look at it like <laughs> You know, drinking and playing playing backyard football. When I was 21 years old, I would go out and hammer a bottle of tequila, go play a backyard tackle football game, and get up and be fine the next day. If I tried to do that shit right now, I'd be in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, so you yeah. can't do the, you know, it's just, you know, so the drugs are like drinking, you know, like I've made the shift to more things like testosterone and Prima Bowl, and it's pretty much what I lean into now. Um, and, you know, safer stuff, staying away from orals for the most part, um, things that, you know, stupid things that I would do, you know, I do get aggressive, a little more aggressive with the doses sometimes, but I wouldn't say anything stupid. I'm right now I'm running 875 tests and 700 Primo. That's my off season cycle with GH and insulin with it. Okay. Um, and, it, and it's the same thing with the training. Like you, like, like doing heavy squats and heavy deadlifts it's 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 like playing playing football playing tackle football at the level of damage that you're doing yourself so the the yeah. benefit cost cost to benefit ratio just doesn't add up for me yeah are you guys doing anything specific with insulin in regards to training is there any like different dosing protocol pre-workout or how does that look well, it's it's sort of self-regulating with your with your carbs. So I eat more carbs pre-workout, and I'm doing my okay. intro workout carbs. So, um, 
so you know if I'm having 200 grams and it would be 10 units of insulin or roughly thereabout it would it, it would be it would be variable based on your response so I don't want to, some kid going out sure. and 10 units of sure. insulin with that but but what I would, what I do is I measure my glucose pre meal with a glucose meter to see where I'm at and then I'll adjust my doses based on that so like if I'm below 80 I probably don't need the insulin. If it's above 100, then I can push it a little bit more. Uh, but it's very nuanced. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. I think I that's important to point out, though, because a lot of guys would take, oh, he's just on a plan, one unit of insulin for 20 grams of carbs no matter what. But I think with yeah. your intuition that you're adding of checking a glucometer, that, that that's really smart yep. to point out, that, that, that there's some decision-making that goes within the decisions yep. uh, yeah. for what you're going to do that day. That's why I say some people are too stupid to take insulin. <laughs> yeah, agree. You got to be able to completely agree. You got to be able to do math. I, 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 this, this dude, this dude. I, I don't even know if I should say this, but this guy, I know at the gym, came up to me and he's like, "Paul, I almost, I almost passed out the other day from insulin." And I'm, I'm, I'm like, "Well, how, how many units did you, you take?" And he's like, four. I'm like, "What did you pull it up to on the needle?" And he's like, "Well, that the 40 mark." Oh, yeah. yeah. I had a kid do that. Yeah, I had a kid do I'm that. Like, he did yeah, 50. A, I, I did it. I did fucking you? told this story a million times. I did the same damn thing probably 12, 14 years ago. <laughs> Couldn't figure it out. Yep. I was there. Oh, man. I mean, it's just a little bit. You don't realize. It. That's why I use pens. Yes. It's, uh, there's no there's no yep. <laughs> no margin for error with the pen. Yeah. Yep. But but yeah, pe- people, people, you have to be able to do math and be able to read a glucose meter and be capable of some abstract thought. You know what I do with um, people that I'm going to run insulin with, just to make sure they understand, is I go on the internet and I, I screenshot a picture of an insulin pin and I show them yes. what like 10 units is and I put uh-huh. a little arrow. Yes, so that they, there's like no way because of the situation you mentioned, Paul, of a guy doing 40. I had a kid who I said we were doing five units of insulin with maybe 60 grams of intracarbs and he took 50 units and he gets to the gym and he calls me and he's like, dude, I'm like sweating. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if this insulin just reacts with me more or something. I'm like, no, nah. I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like, show, show me on. Take a picture of a needle. Show me how much you took. And sure enough, he took 50. I'm like, all right, bro, you're not working out today. We're going to go. You're going to go hit the candy store. You're going to go get some food and you're just going to take it easy and call me back in an hour. Let me know where you're at, but you're going to be fine. Yeah. Call me back and let me know that you made it to the candy store. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the other I always tell people, like, keep keep a Gatorade in your gym bag. Keep a a little thing of candy. If you feel hypo, go have a couple swigs of the Gatorade or a soda, like especially in an off season situation. No one's trying to, like, end up in the hospital just doing a protocol. So I put all these safeguards in there for people that do use insulin so that there's no way we can fuck it up bad. Absolutely. Yeah, I just keep some glucose tabs in my bag. They're easy enough. You can get them at the store. Well, and- a couple, couple. This is a good um, example of why I would think, as a client, you would want someone, as a trainer, who is experienced and has wisdom, because a lot of the things we're telling our clients, either we have done or we have seen happen over time, where I'd have to argue that younger trainers don't see a fraction of what we have seen. And especially when it comes to things, I mean, you know, gear is one thing, diet is another, but when it comes to insulin use or, you know, these compounds, especially if you're getting into diuretic use and things like that too, um, 
DNP is a good example as well, even though, you know, most of us aren't very big on that. But that's where the wisdom really pays off in the end because of the health and the longevity aspect of it. I mean, playing with your condition, playing with your size or, you know, missing your peak is one thing. We don't want to do that. And we don't want to miss out on gains. But to put your health on the line, I don't know. If it were me, and this is clients, old heads, but I would just think that it seems more sensical to want to hire and pay someone with the experience that has seen all these things that a lot of these younger trainers haven't seen. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it, you're, you're playing with fire with some of this stuff. I mean, it is, it is you know, it's a risky game. You know, they, we, we know the crazy stuff that happens in the sport. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, we've got a bunch of listener questions, Paul. We would love to sure. uh, answer some questions with you, man. See what you have to say. Sure, I know man. that you've got a bunch of your own thoughts, and it would be cool to get your opinions because our listeners, as much as they love hearing from Skip and Andrew and myself, it's nice to get some new perspectives involved, too. I'm the world's leader in bro science, so we'll see. If All right. Then you'll fit right in with me, at least. These guys, uh, I'm not so sure. You guys are, you guys got your share of bro science, am I right? Andrew I got some bro. You got some bro? I got, I got plenty of bro. Yeah. Andrew, you got some bro? All right. Cool. Oh, yeah. Totally. All right. I'm going to grab this one from Patreon because um, it's a little bit more time sensitive from Josh. He says, question for blood, sweat, and gear. So I'm sitting at six weeks out of a show right now. I've been competing since 2007. One thing I tend to always deal with in a terrible way is major constipation issues, which in turn from pushing so hard has caused some bad hemorrhoid issues. Have any of you guys battled these issues? And if so, how did you combat? FYI, uh, I've tried fiber drinks and even had thrown in Miralax to try to get things to move, but with no help. Uh, this is the most miserable thing I've had to deal with in prep. Thanks for everything you gents do. Huge fan. Josh is one of my clients. Oh, no kidding. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> no way. <laughs> well, he's also one of our Patreon guys, so thank you, Josh. What have you told him? Because I'm sure you've gotten some advice for him. Uh, and Miralax. <laughs> That's yeah. what I told him. And the, the, the hemorrhoid thing, I uh, I had the same issue, man. I just went and got them fixed, man, because it just gets worse and worse and worse if you don't. It's it's pretty simple. They just you go in when you do a colonoscopy and they'll, they'll laser them out, usually. It's pretty pretty simple procedure. Uh, but, I mean, it's just it's when you're low fat <laughs> at the end of a prep, you're just all dried out. Your colon's all dried out. It's just it's just it's a tough it's a tough deal. I think we've all dealt. I don't know how you guys deal with it, but usually I'll have people use some Miralax, drink a little more water and that gets things moving. But if you have the hemorrhoids in there, you're going to have some inflammation, too. So that probably makes things even worse. Oh, yeah. I tend to try to look and see like maybe why um, and, and, and why being like, okay, like, like Paul pointed out, you know, you're super dry. That's obviously one reason you don't have a lot of bolus food going through there. That's, that's a major reason, but also, you know, are you stuck in like sympathetic drive, right? Is your sympathetic system just in overdrive, which makes it very hard to initiate or engage the parasympathetic so that you can, you know, hit the vagus nerve and, and have a bowel movement. Um, so I tend to look at things that we can do such as like deep belly breathing, um, you know, trying to restrict if someone's say they've been backed up for like six days, I will pull all stimulants for like two days, caffeine included. 
and I will want them to do some deep belly breathing, do something relaxing. And oftentimes just that will do it alone. Other times, you know, we need to add in something like a, um, a prokinetic, like a magnesium um, citrate, sometimes 300 milligrams in the morning, 300 milligrams at night. That helps with gastric motility. Um, when all else is kind of failing, I say, go and take a tablespoon of um, mineral oil and something's gonna come out the other end if, if you do that usually. Um, that's kind of a last ditch effort for me. Well, get things moving. Yeah. I was going to mention the potential of magnesium, you know, what dosing mm -hmm. wise, where do you start people at magnesium? 300 migs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if that doesn't work, I might work them up further. 300, whatever the 600. cap comes in like 300 or 400, you know, and then we'll go to two caps if needed. Um, yeah, exactly. And the other thing I'll throw into uh, is just water intake. I and, and I've had a few of my clients that have uh, been dealing with a little bit of dehydration lately, and then I ask them how their water intake has been, and that's oh, you know, that's of course our first thing, right? Like when somebody's constipated, I ask them about water, and of course when we're dieting, that you know, all bets are off. You might deal with some constipation, and uh, but the water intake is going to be a huge thing, and I find that if you take fiber but then you don't increase your water, you know, that fiber is going to go to your digestive tract to help pull water in. If you don't have that extra water, then you're basically like creating a dam, you know, in your intestinal tract. So making sure that you keep the fluids up and especially it's this time of year that I find people seem to be a little shy on water because it's getting warmer. You know, I don't care where you live in the U.S. It's getting warmer now. We're probably sweating more than we were. And that we have to remember that our needs for fluid are going to change day by day and season by season. So what we might have been able to get away with, like say like you're paying as enough attention to your water, you only get in like three quarters of a gallon in the middle of winter. It might not be as a big of a deal as if like, you know, you, you're cutting lawns in the summertime. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous system thing is a really good point. I didn't even think about that with the vagus nerve. That, that's a that's a good point in the stimulants affecting that there's another thing that i do um there's a there's a girl in particular that had a she, she has um ibs um c on top of that and then so you add in a contest prep situation it just exasperates it even more so we had to do these like these kind of weird like massage things like almost like pushing things down your digestive system while also doing the belly breathing hmm. to engage the parasympathetic the right way um yeah i mean it's oftentimes when do people usually have bowel movements when they're prep after they had a nice refeed or a high day maybe when yep. coach pulled the cardio back when they, when they pulled the activity in general so we're lowering the sympathetic stress we're trying to increase your rest and digest stimulation and i think that's when you, when you think of it that way it makes it a little bit easier to manage yeah chase irons with us he said uh, skip i had your guys tommy and dave at the gym over the weekend good guys great lifters how about that? Get, looking forward to getting some training in with them. Small world. Great. we got Chase Irons with us. Great. Now I'm going to lose two more clients to somebody else. Jesus. <laughs> I can't. I can't. No. Uh, they did tell me. It was actually a bachelor, uh, bachelor party that they were training. I thought that was kind of cool because Tommy doesn't uh, – he, he's not a drinker. He doesn't want to go out and party. He wanted to bang at um, Chase's gym. And they, Tommy and Dave both said it's a, it's a badass gym he's got there. Yeah, I got to check that. I didn't get out. an invitation from Chase. I uh, don't appreciate that, Chase. But hey, whatever. <laughs> I was just talking to Steve. So Vigorous Steve is coming out for Swiss. Chase Irons is going to Swiss. And Paul, you're going to Swiss as well, aren't you? 
Yeah, yeah. I just I just paid. Nice. So look at that. And we got Skips going to Swiss too. Andrew, we gotta get you to come out to Swiss, so it'll be a party then. That's we'll right. See, it's hard for me to get for me to do anything right now, man. I understand. You got a lot going on. <laughs> Yeah. He's All got right. lawn work to do. Yeah, I'll be I'll be four weeks out from my show, so we'll see how see how I feel. It probably won't be nice. I'm definitely right. not going then. I'm definitely not going. I don't need to stand next to dudes that are peeled and big. Like, not. <laughs> I, I, I had a friggin' uh, I had a complex this weekend, man. Like every time we had Nate pose, I'm like, man, I, I suck right now. Like I suck even worse than I ever did. And, you know what I mean? Like he's getting bigger, fuller, drier, and I'm just like I'm losing two pounds looked, a day because I've only had great. three meals and. Oh, thank you, thank you. We, I think we can look better. Uh, we've already talked about it. There's some things we can do differently, and um, I think he's going to look better for Vancouver. Nice. I'm going to be talking at Swiss, by the way. I'll be doing a talk about uh, podcasting as marketing. How you guys can start your. I'm going to be talking at Swiss too, but it, it'll be in the hallway between presentations. Well, we're going to do a podcast to too, so we'll have to get you in on that, Paul. Because I'm, I'm doing. Uh, it's going to be called Swiss After Hours. After the end, so at the the end of the the weekend, everybody hangs out in the hotel room bar. And last year, Skip and I did an impromptu uh, little podcast thing, and it's going to be like an official thing this year. And Ken wants me to do a podcast that'll be running in the hall uh, between everything. I don't know whether I, I want to commit to that or not yet, because I, I you know I don't want to like miss all the presentations too. You know what I'm saying? But. Yeah. But yeah. I might I might do something, so we'll see. We'll have to get you in it. You didn't know yet, but you're going to be part of that, Paul. <laughs> Count me in. All right, good, good. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, question for Blood, Sweat, and Gear. Uh, how much would you uh, say you normally see strength decline in a prep? Um, where someone get complete when someone gets completely peeled. Zero. If everything is done right, is the caveat there? Zero. If it's everything yeah, I mean, is done, my right, strength goes does it up. Always go right. Yeah. If does it always I mean, go right? Because I don't really. It doesn't. I was always someone that didn't really use much PED in the off season. I was more of a three hundred test, three hundred primo person. So as soon as like prep started, I'll tell you what, like my strength just started climbing and climbing and climbing, and it maintained and continued to climb. I, I remember some of my best lifts being three weeks out or three weeks post-show which was stupid but you know definitely if you're doing it right and you know what i mean you're playing with fire a little bit there when you're when you're you know doing some exercises and, and your joints are so dry still but and i and i got my licks because of it but you live and learn but i would say in terms of strength if you're doing it the right way and, and the way i try to do it i try to tell clients like look i don't care if you're dog tired during the day i want your energy to be as high as it can be during your training session so that the training session i mean you're already super insulin sensitive so you're getting a pump right off the bat like in my mind, like your strength should continue to at least maintain, if not even um, go up while you are prepping. I mean, you're throwing so many layers of anabolics in at the level we're doing it that it, unless you're just kind of pussy training, I don't know. Yeah, mine held up really well this past show. On the one I got over depleted, it did not. <laughs> I think my CNS was just completely fried. I remember this This is a Nazi, not so story. I, I remember going in like a week out from the show. And I put uh, two plates on each side of the leg press to warm up, and I couldn't even press two plates on the yeah. leg press because uh, my CNS was so tired. I think that was the only time in my life I've ever truly been over, like, overtrained to the point of CNS fatigue. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I'll throw it's in a little bit, you know, and I'll from that too. Yeah, 
I, I, the, I'll throw. I don't know how you guys handle it, but I'll throw in a little bit of Halo testing at the end. Sure. Um, that, Hell yeah. You know, when things are things are getting getting wound down, and I, I feel feel like. <laughs> feel like that gives me the extra drive that I need. It's like instantly my strength goes back up. It doesn't even take much, 10 milligrams. Mm -hmm. If I were to do that any different, so I had always used Halo um, thinking that I needed it as like this hardener. I don't care how hard I was. Like I might have been as hard as I possibly could be. And I'd be like, yeah, we got to get the Halo in there too. I would, I feel like it was almost for me strength-wise wasted because I'd run it like the last two weeks. And that last week, I'm not really doing that much in the gym. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like if I were to do it again, I might run it starting soon, like earlier, you know, four weeks out and, and keep the dose low. I, I ran it as low as 10 milligrams for the last three weeks. And then I went to 20 milligrams and then I went to 40 for one show. And that's when I recognized for me, at least I was like, 40 is too high. I don't need that. It definitely started messing with my stomach and just my, I, I could tell it was just, it was too much for me. I've known people who have used more, but um, I feel like I could get everything I needed out of probably 10 if I ever did it again for a prep. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I did 10 for the last three, well, last four weeks and then well, sorry, 10 for two weeks, 20 for two weeks. Okay. So I did it this past show. That makes sense. And that was that makes sense to me. Yeah. Whatever. They can yeah. grow liver can or liver cells in a Petri dish these days. 40, <laughs> 40 milligrams is nothing. You can beat the crap out of your liver and come back from it. I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm not, I'm, Livers I'm not encouraging young kids to do that. But I've, I've seen people with, I'm sure you guys have too, I've seen some people with some nutty liver enzymes that come back to normal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and I'm, ha I'm obviously you know kidding, but at the same time, really, if you're going to, and I'm not saying destroy your liver or your kidneys, all I'm saying is if you have to choose one, be hard on your liver. Yeah. Don't be hard on your kidneys. <laughs> They're not as resilient. There's no coming back from the kidneys. Nope. Right. Exactly. All right. Now, I thought we... Okay. I'll just read this one. You guys tell me what you think. Chris says, uh, not sure what show this would, this would be best for, and I thought it'd be best for this one, um, but I've been curious. Would a GDA product that contains berberine still have benefits to offer if a bodybuilder, super heavy, for example, consuming upwards of 800 grams of carbs regularly, who is also using insulin and metformin? Any benefit to berberine on top of metformin with insulin? I mean, I run both. Is it throwing the kitchen sink? I mean, I you run both. Know. I'm throwing it out there. Okay. Yeah. Well, tell, tell us about it then, Paul. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're working through a different pathway, so I don't know. I mean, it might be overkill. I'm also, um, it's it's Justin Supplement Company, so I get free free berberine. So why not? <laughs> <laughs> Justin's listening. He's just rolling his well, eyes. <laughs> and the berberine does have some other benefits too. So you know, maybe if you're looking for the poly benefits that you're getting from one that the other doesn't impart, and, and some crossover there. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've ever had anyone do both at the same time. I tend to typically forego the metformin for the berberine, more so for the digestive issues um, that a lot of people get with the metformin and the look. I don't, um, sometimes 
at least me, like I, I did a couple years of metformin and I did not like how I looked when using it. Like even though I'm growing and I'm bigger, I felt like I still looked fatter and flatter when using it. So I switched to berberine, I think somewhere in 2014 or 2015. And I just, I still have thousands of metformin pills sitting in my cabinet that, you know, if anyone wants them that lives near me, you can probably have them. But um, hit up Body Barry at Gmail. Yeah. Yeah. I had a cabinet full. <laughs> I had to drop the metformin because it was just wrecking my appetite. That was the issue. I actually use it on prep sometimes for appetite suppressant mm. uh, because it it, it uh, increases leptin sensitivity. So oh um, yeah, it, it it it's actually a pretty. I don't. It, it, it's a pretty effective appetite suppressant. Maybe not as much as semaglutide, but it's pretty 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 freaking effective for crushing appetite. Whereas uh, berberine actually works through AMPK, so it's a different yeah. pathway. Um, but um, so berberine probably makes more sense in the off season for a bodybuilder. Uh, there, the, you know, also metformin. Um, I, I they say it suppresses IGF one. I have not seen that in blood work on, on myself. It, you know, my my when I was running it, my my IGF one was still in the force, so it wasn't like it wasn't like it was nice. you know tanked. So okay, could. But could that suppression basically just be endogenous? Like if you if we weren't running go- growth hormone, yep. would we see that's and and I think that's yep. the the part that I think people need to know too. Because as soon as you're putting exogenous hormone in, you're probably not going to have those yeah. those negative yeah. impl- implications. I'm going to go out there and I'll say this: as far as uh, running the three, I this is just me personally. You guys may not agree with this, uh, which makes for a better debate or better discourse anyway but look i think once you get to insulin and you're using insulin if you're going to kill an ant with a grenade there's no sense slapping it across the face too i i just feel like insulin covers it and if i have to if i'm not using insulin i'm going to use berberine i put metformin and i understand the reasoning you know whether it be appetite suppress or anything else but uh, the digestive issues with metformin i i similar to andrew apparently down in florida there are large uh, supplies of unused and potentially expired metformin <laughs> in the cabinets because I have them. T- I even moved them, I, and my wife is like, "Why are you keeping them?" Like, I don't know. Who knows? Not, Maybe one day I left I'm mine in Vermont. Mine, mine's you? up here in Vermont. Right <laughs> I'm in, yeah, I'm in Vermont right now. I actually looked at them earlier today when I was organizing some cabinets and stuff. That's funny. That yeah, is, I'm just. I I'm not, not a big fan for the same reasons. I think we're pretty much on the same page with this, Andrew. As far as the size, I don't like the look. I don't like how I feel. Uh, even at lower dosages, it takes me a while to get used to it so that I don't have the, even if it's not the shits, it's just that gurgle stomach yes, feeling that I just, yeah, it's just, it's an off thing. You're sitting there watching TV and you can hear your guts unloading and things moving through your pipes. I don't want to hear that. All right. Well, we got metformin those. farts. People know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we got time for a couple more here. Got time for a couple more here. Um, what percentage of bodybuilders do you think take some type of blood pressure medication or something to help manage BP, like sildenafil? Uh, I often see bodybuilders taking talking about how they have no blood pressure issues, um, and some will even post their sub-120 readings on social media. These same bodybuilders, uh, when asked how they make sure to keep their blood pressure in check, will usually say things like uh, they take shorter rest periods or they keep cardio in. Um, 
all season um, and a, a low dose of blood pressure medication. How is that not having issues with blood pressure? That is like saying, uh, I have no sleep issues, but I take Lunesta every night. That's a fair question. I thought so, too. Yeah, I think it's a fair question. Yeah, but it's also like saying, like, I, 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 I don't have problems with obesity because I do my cardio and eat clean, you know? Mm. Like, they're, 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 yeah, they're but I think it's logical. I guess things. when I say it's a good question, it's just it's logical no. in the sense that I think it, some people would look at it that way. It's a good question when someone says, oh, so-and-so bodybuilder says they have good blood pressure, but then they rattle off three compounds that they're taking to keep it in line. That, to me, yeah. is more – if someone's doing these things like you know, going for walks after meals and, and doing their cardio and, and taking a low dose of telmosartan or something like that, to me, I, I take that at face value. They have their blood pressure in check. But if someone's using like multiple pharmacy compounds and they're still high – They're struggling. That to yeah. me is more of – struggling that that to me is more of a ped issue probably mm -hmm. there are a couple things i've seen with blood pressure there's some stuff that people don't consider like i'll see guys that have high blood pressure and a lot of times it's um i mean there's the i'm trying let me back up so one, one big thing that goes untreated that i see that raises blood pressure for a lot of guys is sleep apnea guys will let sleep apnea go unchecked yeah, and, and just getting that fixed. If you can't fix it with blood pressure meds, a lot of times it's sleep apnea is what I've seen. Hmm. Uh, um, anytime you take an uh, exogenous androgen, it is going to stimulate the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system. So you do need to counteract that. And in, in, in some people, everybody reacts differently. I, I definitely respond very aggressively to to androgens, and my blood pressure goes through the roof, so I have to treat it with Tomasartan or an ACE inhibitor or some other ARB and some other people um, do not. I've seen that, but that, that often needs to be addressed. And you were talking about kidney health earlier. If you don't want to roast your kidneys, the single most important thing you can do is keep your blood pressure in check. I, I would say most guys, I, maybe I'm wrong, but most guys at the top level are probably running some, some sort of treatment for high blood pressure. They have to be with the amount of androgens that they're, they're, they're hammering. Yeah. I think it's also more of a sense of doing a little bit of that to counteract the side effect of blood pressure is a lot better than just letting your blood pressure stay high, you know? I mean, oh yeah. Cuz sure. as as you pointed out for for the kidney and heart health, I mean, yeah, like a bodybuilder's not going to stop doing his PEDs. So there are some things that we need to do to make sure that they maintain their health levels to continue PEDs and continue a general quality life. So um, the only other thing I think about is also the stress. That, and I keep mentioning like the sympathetic and parasympathetic, but a lot of times people stuck in sympathetic drive, that in, uh, that'll have a role yeah. with the blood pressure as well. So I think, oh, yeah, you know, Skip, you're... Yeah, Skip, you're big on the um, HRV. That, that's another good indicator that's tied um, to blood pressure as well. Um, right. A lot of times when people have low HRV, they have a higher blood pressure. So, And it goes back to kind of what Paul was saying with the sleep quality, whether it's sleep apnea or just poor sleep quality for some other reason. Um, you know, So it's never just like, oh, do this and just take a compound to fix this issue. Look at the, the, the lifestyle and the program as a whole and see if there's other you know, chinks in the armor, so to say, that, that can be shored up. You can yeah, usually see if it's. Go. You can usually see if it's stress related or or it's, you know, it's if the systolic pressure is really high. Generally, that's stress related. If it's mm -hmm. uh, diastolic, it's usually it's usually more of an issue with water retention or something else going on. 
It's just what I've seen. You saying something, Skip? Well, I was just saying, you know, when I said that's where I was going to go, you know, Paul was saying the age demographic is huge because if you're 25 and you have blood pressure issues, that's different than if you're 45. Um, You can expect that when you're older that you are going to likely, especially if you've been using gear for a while, um, yeah, you're going to run higher blood pressure. The other thing is, is are you 45 and are you pushing for size hmm. versus staying as lean as you can? Then there's other things like stimulants. You know, are you a caffeine and pre-workout, you know, stim- like a stimulant-based pre-workout monster who you're going to, you know, take all this extra stuff? If you're not taking those precautions in your lifestyle with your diet and, and keeping your body fat levels under control and you're just countering them with a couple of blood pressure medications, I don't think that's terribly responsible. It's not my business because I wouldn't do it that way. And if anybody else wants to do it that way, ultimately, though, it is better, like Andrew was saying, that if you have to take a couple because that keeps your blood pressure down, that ultimately is better than having higher blood pressure. So if you have to take medication to keep it down, that that's a good thing. Just keep it down without medication if you can and look closer at your lifestyle before you just hop on blood pressure medication. That's a good point. There's I mean, the 26-year-old kid, the, the 26-year-old kid who turns pro and he's going into his pro career is not going to suddenly stop using PEDs because his blood pressure is high. So he's got to do something to counteract that, you know, he's he's walking into the peak of his career. And and I'm talking because we've had a guest on just recently that someone, a couple people had asked me a couple questions about his BP use and, um, and whatnot, but you do what you got to do for the decisions that you're making. And Mm -hmm. like I said, a 26 year old kid turned pro, going into the pro stage, who's going to have a good five, six, seven year career is not going to suddenly just say, you know what, my BP is a little high. I'm done with the sport. He's going to do what it takes to continue to compete at the high level. Sure. Yeah. And who are they? Like this guy asking the question, I think his name was old boy. Who is he hearing is taking all this blood pressure medication? He's probably hearing the people that we want to hear from that we're interviewing pros bigger guys he's not probably hearing the blood pressure medication from the average mediocre joe in the gym so that says something as well they're more advanced they're typically bigger they might be using more gear or at least using gear for longer periods of time and have used it for longer periods of time and that's where you're hearing that there's more blood pressure i don't know skip i will say i have seen more and more people that aren't that advanced that are you know because they they've heard all the advanced guys and hear everything they're taking and they're like oh okay well i'm you know they're they maybe have been only on gear for a couple years and they're like oh i'm running a statin and i'm running this blood pressure medication and i'm you know doing these different things that are all like those really advanced ancillaries and they're already on them Oh, well, I'm got, sorry to hear that. You know, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah just like a, a lot <laughs> of them. Well, is it better that they don't take them though? Yeah, or but do they really need them? I guess is the question. But it, I guess you know what I like, and I I say it's akin to skip is think about the message boards. Uh, like especially the gear focused message boards in the early 2000s there were a ton of guys that you know had questionable amounts of gains you never really saw who they were but they were running you know a lot of stuff i guess i don't know well and it comes back to that yeah, if that's the moment. case to are you running more gear than you need to and are is it overkill and you're taking too much 
too much gear if you're running high blood pressure at a young age and you're not chasing a pro card. Again, everybody can do what they want to do. You guys know and the listeners should know that I always support that. It's an individual thing. But yeah. you still have to ask those questions of yourself when you're staring at the ceiling fan before you go to sleep. Those conversations with the ceiling fan are very, very important. All right, let's move I, on. I don't know if you guys do or not, but I have all my clients track their blood pressure, and if it's if it's getting out of whack, I'll have them address yeah, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we got yeah, we got a little bit of every time. single check in, but it's you know yeah, if with especially my bigger boys and um, you know people that are running different things, absolutely. But you know my natty right. guy who's you know doing the OCD whatever, like no, yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not like hey every check in I need to have your blood pressure. Okay. So, and then I you see this, the blood pressure come down on the same gear when they're in prep because they're so lean versus when they're in the off season yeah. <laughs> and they're running less gear. Well, yeah. I mean, what does that tell you right there? I, I just, I just put them all on two hours of cardio, and it takes takes you know blood pressure right out of the equation. There you go, <laughs> done. All right. So, question for blood, sweat, and gear. Andy wanted on drugs and stuff too. What are the your views on how the gym scene compares to the late '90s, early 2000s compared to today? Uh, what have been the changes that you've noticed in the way of gear use, diets, etc.? I thought this was kind of just a fun one since we all remember what it was like in the early 2000s in the gym. In the early 2000s, everyone brought a tripod in. They um, set up their, they did live TikTok feeds. They did Instagram lives. Uh, they had they had color coordinated gym outfits. Um, I don't think spandex was invented yet, so the girls' glutes didn't look as good. But um, they they definitely just focused on TikTok and how they looked in the gym. That that was it. <laughs> no sarcasm there. <laughs> Well, I don't know. The biggest difference to me, and I don't know if you guys agree or not, but it's an, I guess, I understand that it's an old head. I'm an old head. This is the way I look at things. But I just said this last night at the gym as well. Our generation, uh, I think, like in the, in the 90s and into the early 2000s, loved and still does, loves the journey. The current generation is more focused on the finish line. I think they're not as passionate about the process as we are. I understand there's exceptions. I'm not, and if anybody takes that as a blanket statement, you shouldn't because that's not how, I'm, but I'm giving my opinion based on what I've seen from both generations. Yeah, the cell phone thing, that's definitely changed everything. <laughs> And I, the two things I've seen are, are cell phones, and I never saw a sumo deadlift until like the last 10, 15 years. <laughs> I'm like, That's where the point. hell did that come from? <laughs> sumo deadlifts. Now everybody's a sumo world record, world record setting sumo deadlifter. Yeah. I just remember going to Powerhouse Farmington Hills. And my coach, I, I was working with a guy who I, he was my coach. I, he didn't charge me anything. He was just a guy who trained there, and he wanted to help. And he had done some shows, and he had been he had been, he was a national level competitor. And because he was a national level competitor, to me, I was like in awe. You know what I mean? Because he actually made it to that level. He was like top five guy at the national level. And uh, that's something back then. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and when, when, I, when I signed up, they asked me, they're like, oh, are you a competitor? And they're like, oh, wow. They're like, okay, we're going to give you a discount. And they're like, here, take this coffee cup home. And, you know, when you win a show, bring your trophy in. We'd love to put it up here. You know, if you win the show, 
we'll put that trophy up and you can keep it up here as long as you want you know we'd love to put your picture up and stuff like that and those same gyms today really don't give a fuck about anybody no. who competes and i can't I, I you know at the same time it's a different world so i uh i i can't i can't fault them for that you know what i mean because competing is different today too so that's my take yeah. on the difference between then and now in regards to peds though it just wasn't really talked about openly it was like maybe oh. in the gym locker room if yeah. you knew a guy who was the big guy in the gym and and he gave you an in to ask about it then you would might be like you know so what do you take and how do you get it? You know, today it's like you got high school kids that are talking about their SARM stacks and they're talking about <laughs> how they're jumping on TRT already. And I, I mean, I literally, I can tell you, I'm, I'm training in the gym and I hear a kid talking to his phone about his SARM stack and how great of a workout he had that day. He's about a buck 45 with, you know, 14 inch arms. But besides all that, you can edit that shit and make it look like you're huge. But yeah, I remember PEDs. It, it, it was rarely talked about. It was more like, how hard are we going to freaking train today? Like, I'm going to bury you. You know, if you trained with one of the older guys, like, I'm going to beat you up. Like, I'm, I'm going to make you not want to come back. That, that was kind of how it was. And it was awesome. That did make me think of one more thing, and that is the, the younger, smaller, tiny kids pose a lot more in the mirror at the gym these days. Bro. Then, <laughs> bro, <laughs> like every bodybuilder that's good stays fully covered in a full t-shirt or, or, or a, a sweatshirt. And and these, these yep. kids come in. I was just at the gym last night, and they come in and they no sets, no, not even pumped up, rip their shirt off completely. Now in Vermont, it's only about forty eight degrees right now, so it's not. <laughs> and we keep, we keep the bay doors open, so if we don't have you know. We, and these kids are sitting on these machines, and the other ones like tr like filming the other one, and then yeah. they go into the mirror. All right. In, on one on one arm, it's cool. One hand, it's cool because they're inspired and you know they're building muscle. They think they're building muscle and they're they're trying to emulate poses that they see Bumstead and some of the other classic guys do. But on the other hand, get your friggin' tripod out of the way, man. Like some of us are yeah. here to try to do some work. I'm trying to train my buddy who's getting ready for his own contest. You know, his show in 12 weeks. We're trying to get some work done. You know, like like maybe watch us and see how we carry ourselves. We're not ripping our shirts mm -hmm. off every five minutes. Yeah. Where Where are you Maybe from, sure. Paul? Uh, I'm outside of Washington D.C. Okay, I'm in the suburbs here. Yeah, and is that where you trained at? Like, have you always been from there? Is that where you were training back, like yeah, uh, early 2000s? Twenty some years. Yeah, I've been here ever since college. Okay, so what gym did you train at? Figure circa, you know, D.C. training to 180 pound, Paul. I started out. Oh God, I'm old, man. I'm 50, almost fifty, man. So I started training in the early '90s. I started off. I actually worked at a Nautilus Fitness Center as a personal trainer when they were still You're around. Kidding. Yeah, so I worked. I learned the Arthur Jones method and yes. through all that stuff <laughs> and tra trained people. I worked there for four years and trained people. So I, yeah, I worked there and then transitioned to Golds. And worked out of golds for many, many, many years. Yeah, there was nobody with the shirts off in the gym. That, that's that's every nineteen year old now. Shirts off, filming themselves doing sumo deadlifts. So, what was the Arthur Jones? Set. I I did something related to Nautilus, but I don't think it's it wasn't like heavy, it wasn't like a, a heavy duty type thing. It wasn't a high intensity thing. It was in college. And we had like a whole Nautilus circuit, and it was like they were nice machines. Yeah. They were like Gen Two Nautilus machines, and because they were in the school, they were like pristine, perfect condition. Still, I wonder where they're at now. I want them. Yeah, we would do the circuit training. It was okay. I don't remember exactly how it worked, but it was like one set per exercise, and then you move on to the next thing. Yep. It was like you, there was a certain amount of rest times between each circuit. 
I did that. Yeah, we had this yeah. whole formula. We had we had this whole formula that you went through. No kidding, man. Huh. Yeah, so that that's how old I am. I wonder where those machines are like, today. God, a lot of them were chain driven. Some of those yeah. old ones. Somebody we still them have them in our gym. We have the pullover. We have the lying leg curl. We got the tricep extension. They're hard to find, but when you find them, they're gold. Yeah, that that chain driven pull pullover. That's the one Dorian made famous. Yeah, yeah. Novelous pullover. Yep. Yeah, I remember that one. That that was pretty wild. And then you went to a Golds after that. Yeah, I went to a Golds after that, and then now I work out at a place. Uh, it's called the Shop Gym here in DC. It's probably the one of the two best bodybuilding slash powerlifting gyms. We have some pretty pretty crazy people that work out in there. Okay, do they have like any of the like the new equipment that you know everybody's all into like the oh, Prime yeah, have, and stuff like that? At Prime and Panada, we have a lot of oh. Prime and Panada stuff. The Panada stuff is nice. Yeah. I really yeah. like the Panada stuff. It's super nice. They're just big machines. I train at home, so when I look at them, I'm like, man, I love this, but I don't know how I would. This would take up half of my basement, you know, like one one good piece. <laughs> you guys do know that Arthur Jones, I didn't know this until about three months ago, but you do know that Arthur Jones helped develop hammer strength, right? I didn't know that. No. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't That's know that weird. either. I was blown away by that. Huh. I was actually we embarrassed that I didn't know it. We should do bodybuilding Jeopardy sometime. That would be yeah, a good question. No kidding, right? But we all know the answer now. Question. <laughs> That's why it'd be a good question. How uh, how often are you doing uploads on your channel, Paul? Uh, it depends on how much time I have. I I try to do three to four videos a week, something like that. Hell yeah! Um, I've been I've been working Instagram more lately. Okay, putting, putting stuff up on Instagram. Seems like the majority of my coaching clients come for Instagram. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. What's what's coming out next? What are you working on? Uh, next, we'll be, well, we have our podcast on uh, Saturdays, Anabolic Bodybuilding Live. It's uh, me, Dr. Todd Lee, uh, Roman Fritz, Roman on with us, and um, whoever else shows up, my, my training partner, he comes on with us. I don't know. It's just a party. We get on there and talk stupid stuff roman cracks us all up with his stories roman's pretty awesome fan of roman. yeah He's me too good dude me too where do people uh find that if they want to check you out um on instagram i am paul barnett and on youtube it's anabolic bodybuilding uh, you can check me out over there hell yeah hell yeah anything you guys wanted to throw in here before we wrap this thing up skipping andrew i know we haven't talked anything about the new I york pro i fired you i just don't think i fired you Oh, <laughs> I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but no, I just uh, that's just funny because it came up again when before you pushed the button, Scott. And I yeah. just thought it was funny because uh, Paul used to uh, moderate on Intense Muscle back in back in its heyday in what uh, mid to late two thousands, right? Oh, it was. I think I got on there in two thousand two, two thousand three, something like yeah, that. Okay, long yeah. time ago. It's all a blur. It all it all I, I'm, runs. I'm so old. I think I bought one of Dante's first bags of protein. No kidding. <laughs> those big old, <laughs> yeah. those big old back when it was called it was called true protein. protein. True protein. True protein. Yeah. True protein. Yep. I still yeah. got a yep. true protein shirt. You're kidding me. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's classic. Vintage. He did something where he was like, "Hey, I have like." He did a post to everybody on the. On, this is on Facebook. I think before Instagram was even around, it was like, "I've got like 10 4x." 
true protein original shirts and like 18 3x shirts message me if you want one all you got to do is pay for shipping and oh, so i did nice so you had to be like in the big guy club in order to wear one of those leftover shirts you either had to be a 4x or a 3x there's no mediums left there was probably no mediums <laughs> no. made you know what i mean there, there was none made yeah that's perfect all right, well, let's wrap this thing up. I'll have all your contact below, uh, Paul, for anybody who wants to check out your show. Thank you, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Anybody who wants to check out your Instagram, you guys definitely follow everything that he's doing. And, of course, you can go to bodyberry.com. You can reach out to Andrew there for coaching. You can go to teamskip.com. Reach out to Skip, get some coaching, do some skip loads. And, of course, check out our sponsors, truenutrition.com, supplementsource.ca, Strom Sports Nutrition. Thank you to everybody from our Patreon of course, you can reach out to me, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear, guys. Thank you very much, Paul. We appreciate having you here, man, and we'll see you guys soon. Take care.